Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we're bringing back a news and notes episode for everyone. We've got to talk about some player signings, She Believes Cup, uh, the FAWSL uh, Women's Champions League, and more. Uh, but before we get into all that, a quick reminder that you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So if you're listening right now, please, it only takes a quick second to click rate, and it helps us so much here at Attacking Third. Let's get into it. I think maybe the, the biggest thing that we're excited to, to talk about in today's news and notes episode is uh, some She Believes Cup stuff, followed by some NWSL uh, news, U.S. soccer news. And we're going to get into some things about... Uh, European soccer as well, which we always we always know that uh, our European listeners love to hear us American idiots uh, ramble on about uh, <laughs> ramble on about their stuff. Uh, so we're we're excited to to chat about it all. And of course, as always, Lisa, I'm I'm excited to chat about it with you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm ready to ramble on as American idiots. That is said <laughs> so perfectly because it's true. Like we're fans of this and we're covering it, but um, yeah, that's amazing. I'm good. You know, doing doing well. Hype. For the weekend, um, we were just talking about this, but um, I'm not drinking this month, I'm not drinking alcohol, which is yep. fine. I'm not drinking every night, but I do enjoy a glass of wine with my dinner. And that's probably been the hardest thing so far this first week of January is not having the the tastes of wine to go with like a nice steak. Honestly, we, we did like a really good pot roast the other night and it oh, nice. kind of used a nice red a nice glass of red, um, but you know, I'm working on it. So first weekend, here we go. It'll stay low, watch some movies, watch some, some soccer, of course, as always, but uh, I'm pumped for it. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I, I, you know, I love that. I love that we're still like in the, in the mindset of like January things. I know in like a, a, one of our previous episodes, we talked a little bit about like resolutions yeah. or like short-term goals and like what we think about that. But I, I feel like I'm still doing all right for now. I've got my, my water here. I think that should just be a, a all the time every day thing everybody should always drink more water i'm a huge water advocate uh just 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 drink more water folks do do that uh because it's 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 like the little lies that you tell yourself it's like you know what it's like i drank a lot of water today i'm gonna eat this chocolate chip cookie it's like it's like like the little things that get you through it's (laughs) all all about that it is. It is all about balance, and you know what? I work. That's going to be the the theme, I think, of today's show. Some some balance because we've got a lot of different areas of the world that we want to target and pinpoint and talk about today. Let's start with the She Believes Cup. The schedule has been announced, so it's going to be the seventh annual She Believes Cup. It was launched in 2016, a four team international friendly turban round robin style, and uh, it was part of a larger uh, initiative with She Believes to just sort of inspire and empower girls in 
women, a little bit of a legacy left from from Laura and Holiday as she departed and, and into uh, retirement. And it has kept going. It's been it's been the uh, the the event that sort of kind of kicks off uh, U.S. Women's National Team soccer uh, calendar. So it's like they usually have a January camp. Right. And then that rolls right into uh, a She Believes Cup tournament so they they've won the tournament at times there's been times when the united states has lost this this tournament that they hosted when it got launched it featured a ton of top clubs in the world uh, germany france and england were primarily the teams that were part of it and and in the the later years it, some some international teams have kind of rotated in and out uh of this picture but it's going to be czech uh czech republic iceland and New Zealand, who are the 2023 World Cup uh, co-hosts. And uh, so it's, it's it's an exciting time. Uh, it's going to be taking place in February from the 17th to the 23rd. And uh, I, I'm excited to take a look at it because this is going to be the first for many of these teams in this uh, kind of mini round robin tournament going up against the United States women's national team. But uh, when it, when it dropped, Lisa, we sort of, we had some different reactions to it a little bit. We were kind of like, these are some, these are some interesting choices here uh, for teams to, to be in part of this, uh, this competitions. Uh, what were some of your takes when we were taking a look at whether it's the, the scheduling of it, the teams involved? Uh, I want you hit us with some of your perspectives here. Yeah, when this first dropped, I think the teams were a little bit surprising and then not the more you think about it. And as you mentioned, some of uh, the big countries that were involved earlier in the She Believes Cup, Germany, England, France, um, they're big teams with really good players and, and top talent. So when you see uh, Czech Republic, Iceland and then New Zealand, it's almost like, okay, like how much is this really going to challenge the United States? Because that's the question. When you, when you look at the She Believes Cup, it's a chance for players that are invited to the January camp to showcase their skills on the field in a friendly competition against a different country. And you want them to be tested, right? Like you don't go into a, a test thinking, I'm just going to breeze through this because then when you actually show up to bigger challenges, you're not prepared for them. So ultimately my, my first reaction was this isn't the greatest for the U S women's national team. And maybe some of the younger players um, in the U S that are called into the January camp to really showcase themselves and what they can do on the pitch. However, when you look at the state of the world and uh, the state of everything that's happening, and we'll get into it later in the episode, games are being canceled left, right, and center due to COVID. And it, it's not really stopping and slowing down right now. So to convince another team to come into the country, travel, risk your players, maybe having quarantine, uh, we don't really know the protocols around it, but there will be COVID protocols around it uh, to really do that to a team that's asking a lot of them so the fact yeah. that they were able to get three different countries to come in even new zealand uh which i that was the one i was most surprised at that'll probably be a great competition for the united states and then when you look at the scope of things new zealand is already qualified for the women's world cup because they are co-hosts so they need competition leading up to the world cup because they won't have qualifiers and they won't play in those games because they already qualify so new zealand is probably going to look for a lot of competition so yeah. that makes sense why they are there and in this one. Um, something else about this schedule drop and the team drop and the game drop is this is the first time that the She Believes Cup is going to have games on the West Coast, which is pretty exciting. And, and the tournament is also going to be held in two different cities, which that's a first. 
as well for the She Believes Cup um, because last year in 2021, it was only held in Orlando. So now it'll be on the, the West Coast, Carson, California at DHSP, so Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, there'll be a doubleheader there, so first time on the West Coast. So for us East Coasters, different timing to watch these games. And then the other city is in Texas, Frisco, Texas at Toyota Stadium. There'll be a doubleheader there as well. So I think four games played in Carson, California, and then two in Frisco. I'm uh, I'm eager to just sort of, uh, you know, take a look at the rosters when they drop. And I'm sure we're going to do, you know, an episode just just based around that. Curious, obviously, on the United States women's national team side of things, but also just to sort of see, like, what Tom Sermani in New Zealand are, are going to be looking like or, or Czech Republic or, or Iceland. Again, some of, some of these are national teams that have not played against uh, the United States very often. Uh, I would say that maybe New Zealand is of the three teams, probably the one team that has the most uh, connection and or ties right uh, to the United States women's soccer team. But I think it's not unfair to bring up all those points, as you mentioned Mm -hmm. with, with the current state of, of, of COVID uh, with, with, uh, with, all different countries sort of trying their best to get in in front of things and put in place their own protocols. It's, I imagine it's very, very tough to sort of reach out to other national teams and say like, Hey, do you want to come to the United States right now? And and maybe some of these other countries are like, I don't know about that, buddy. Like it seems (laughs) like a not great time for you right now. So it's just, you know, we, we have sort of seen, maybe it shouldn't be too surprising, right? Maybe that's another angle we could take here. Maybe it shouldn't be too surprising or, or shocking if we're, if you are someone who has been paying attention to, you know, uh, you know, the things that are happening regarding the pandemic uh, and and how that uh, impacts and affects uh, professional sports. Uh, and we saw U.S. soccer sort of have to deal with this or try to figure things out with this just just last year, you know, and um, in 2021 and trying to take a look at, at she, she Believes Cup and uh, some of the teams that got changed around there it was already a little bit of a challenge then to sort of uh reach out and see which clubs were going to be uh you know invested or interested in, in coming to the united states adhering to certain protocols and making sure that uh, everything was in as safe of an environment as possible you know so it's it's been a little bit of a adjustment for she believes cup uh going from you know, Germany, France, and England, and then rotating out to some some other and introducing other teams into the fold, whether it's been a Brazil or a Canada or or a Japan or a Spain, et cetera. Uh, so I guess in that aspect, in terms of the more recent history of She Believes Cup, uh, maybe that's not uh, so surprising. But this these are the teams that have been announced. These are the dates that have been posted. I think something else to maybe sort of chat about and and, and mention kind of adjacent to this is the fact that um, there hasn't been an additional update on on the January camps. We are in January, right? Doing doing these these episodes. I believe last I've seen any type of update around that I think came from. Uh, Steve Goff of the Washington Post uh, mentioning how there's a possibility of a roster and uh, dropping for a camp to take place in like mid to very late January that maybe there aren't going to be friendlies that stem specifically around that January camp that maybe it's going to be a much later camp for preparation in this She Believes Cup that's going to take place starting February 17th so so we'll see I mean you know the, those January camps uh, if they're going to be impacted by uh, the current rise in, in COVID cases that are taking place. Um, and if that gets kicked off, 
who's going to make an impression from some of yeah. those camps, right? And I guess that's what we're going to find out if they take place. Who made the biggest impression based on maybe the roster that is set for for she believes? So it's gonna it's gonna be some there's gonna be some more things for us to have to keep our keep our eye on when it comes to to the U.S. Women's National Team and uh, this uh, this tournament itself. Yes. Exactly. And when that roster does drop, of course, Sandra will jump on. We'll chat about it. We'll yeah. we'll break it all down as we do. We did our wish list before. So now we get to see who made the roster and who made the camp list, um, which I'm so pumped for that. It's just like waiting. I'm waiting for it to come. Um, but these games are are set and they're scheduled, which is exciting for us because we get to watch some great players and great teams on television, which is fantastic. I'll run through the schedule quickly for everyone. Uh, the games start on Thursday, February 17th. They will be played in Carson, California. The first of the doubleheader is going to be Iceland against New Zealand at five o'clock local. So that's five Pacific. And then the second of the doubleheader will be the United States versus Czech Republic at eight o'clock on ESPN. That's eight o'clock local. So Pacific time. Then Sunday, second day of matches in Carson US versus New Zealand will be at noon Pacific on ABC and then Czech Republic against Iceland after that noon game at three o'clock then they they travel they travel to Frisco Texas as the tournament closes on Wednesday February 23rd at Toyota Stadium the first of the double headers is going to be New Zealand versus Czech Republic at five o'clock local so that's central time now um, and the second of the double headers will be the United States versus Iceland at eight o'clock central on ESPN so we get to watch these games uh, ESPN ABC um, the games that are, don't involve the United States their broadcast details will be revealed later they weren't uh, released in the initial statement um, and and tickets they go on sale I think Monday I believe Monday so if you're local to Carson or Frisco, Texas, or you want to travel and watch these games, you can get tickets, check them out. I'm sure we'll be talking about them as well, but uh, three games for each team. So it's, it's a pretty nice setup, especially when you look at, I know we talked a little bit about the teams coming in, but for teams like Czech Republic and Iceland, this is great competition for them to play yeah, the United States and New Zealand, and then each other in Iceland and Czech Republic. That, that looks really good for them as those teams, um, uh, Czech Republic and Iceland, are involved right now in the UEFA Women's World Cup qualifiers that are happening. They're actually both in the same group for those qualifiers, Group C, which is uh, interesting that they're looking to get more competition amid, amid those World Cup qualifiers yeah. for UEFA. And get an extra game in, right, yeah. against each other. That's kind of like an interesting angle to take a look at, a uh, deeper dive into. Uh, I do believe in, in the past uh, when it comes to uh, matches that aren't featuring the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, U.S. Soccer has been pretty good in the past about ha having like a stream available yeah. on, on their site for those games. So uh, if there's not actually a broadcast in place with the partnerships uh, uh, currently stated, that it's a possibility that that's likely the route that they're going to take again. So, I mean, if people are looking to, to take in all the soccer, I would maybe just try to uh, circle in and zone in on a U.S. Soccer site to maybe see if you couldn't catch that mm -hmm. Iceland and Czech Republic game, because that might be one that people want to circle and, and take a look at in terms of the familiarity there uh, between those clubs. But um, another bit of U.S. soccer news, I think, before we segue into some some other areas, um, recently an announcement was made that Carlos Cordero is going to make a run for U.S. Soccer Federation president <laughs> once again. I can't uh, help but laugh, Sandra. I can't uh, help but it's, laugh. It's just it's 
it's just part of the news. So we're just going to like continue with it. I mean, I guess Lisa <laughs> said it best, right? With the reaction, it's just, we're kind of like, okay, he's a uh, former president, was elected in 2018 and uh, ended up resigning two years later uh, amid bash, a backlash that was related to the equal pay lawsuit. Uh, he will be running against current uh, president, Cindy Parlo Cohn, who is seeking re-election uh, to be held in March of 2022. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I I think that the giggles, uh, the giggles are, are are fair. I think if people are looking for our own perspectives and our, like our, our opinions on it, we were just kind of like, come on, man. Like yeah. that's just sort of what we were sitting here with. We were just kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's probably the biggest uh, bullet point here. I think for, for the both of us uh, resigned just two years after he was on the job due to uh, the equal pay uh, lawsuit. There was controversy around that, the arguments and, and, and lawyers and, and legal representation in place for U.S. soccer against the United States women's national team and some very, um, very questionable, very sexist, very, very interesting things came out of those arguments and received a ton, a ton of backlash about it. But um, yeah, apparently just needed to take a step away and just thought, you know what, I could come back in here and just throw uh, my hat in, in, into into the ring. And, and there's going to be, uh, you know, there's it's going to be an interesting election process, I think. And, and we'll yes. probably see some more things come out to play in between this. Yes. And, and my initial reaction has to be giggles because it's one of those situations. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry almost <laughs> uh, because it, honestly, when you look at this, it, it was amid the equal pay lawsuit that kind of yeah. all of his feelings and thoughts towards the, the women's side of the game were brought into the light. And that's why he resigned and the equal pay lawsuit. And, and that fight is not done yet. It, it's, there is no finish line that we have crossed for that. And because he could potentially be stepping back into the soccer federation president role, it could be seen as almost steps backwards for the soccer federation and for equal pay and everything that is happening under us soccer. So it's interesting that he is deciding to run again. And um, if you're, if you hang out in the Twitter world, when this was announced, there was a lot of funny uh, memes going yeah. back and forth about why this is so hilarious um, and insane and ridiculous. But it's and we'll probably see more. <laughs> yes, and there will be more uh, because, as you mentioned, Sandra, this re-election or this election doesn't happen until March, and um, he will be going up against the current president, Cindy Parlo Cohn. So interesting to see kind of how that unfolds, and, and conversations are still being happened about equal pay uh, within U.S. soccer. So uh, this story is growing and expanding, but it is official that um, he is running. Carlos Cordero is running, yeah. We'll keep an eye on it if the people are interested. Uh, I know we obviously are, are interested in considering uh, the equal pay <laughs> lawsuit is uh, currently just something that's still kind of in, in limbo in terms of conversations between the two sides. Uh, but let's maybe pivot a little bit to the domestic side of things. Let's head into some NWSL news for everyone. This is a little bit exciting. I mean, who doesn't love a comeback, right? There's uh, some interesting news out there that the Utah Royals could be making a return to NWSL and it would be a matter of when not 
if uh, the team was themselves an expansion side. They entered NWSL back in 2018 and were in existence through 2020. Quite frankly, we have to talk about all of it um, and include all of it. So they were a huge part of uh, the 2020 Challenge Cup, uh, getting off of the ground, facilities being utilized in the Salt Lake City area. But after the conclusion of the 2020 Challenge Cup, then owner of the Utah uh Soccer Holdings Group, uh, Deloy Hansen, was hit with a bit of a scandal uh, for racist and sexist remarks coming out of the environments within Utah. And that sort of put things in motion for a sale to eventually take place. Now, the unfortunate side about this is when it comes to women's uh, professional sports, that type of, in terms of time and uh, patience, that type of grace is not typically afforded to women's professional sports in the way that maybe it was to their male counterparts in the MLS side. Uh, because what recently occurred was the official sale. So what's going to happen now is that there's going to be new ownership in place with Ryan Smith and David Blitzer, who purchased the MLS side, Real Salt Lake. Uh, but within all of these Utah soccer holdings, that includes Utah Royals. So what ended up happening was due to the backlash, due to the investigations uh, and due to the urgency of everything when it comes to making sure women's soccer is still sustainable in the United States, uh, the team was ultimately relocated. So the Utah Royals roster was now I went back to Kansas City and became Kansas City current. And uh, that's how they're going to be operating in 2022. But the branding, Utah Royals, all of the imaging, all of the rights, all of, all of that stood within Utah Soccer Holdings. So with this current sale of the MLS side, that brought up a lot of questions about like, hey, what does this mean for Utah Royals? Uh, and and well, Thankfully, <laughs> it went in Utah uh, in an interview with the Salt Lake uh, Tribune from Andy Larson, got a comment uh, from from Blitzer, said that, you know, think it's the best way to say that from our perspective, uh, that it's a function of when, not if, that they're at day one. But this has been an important item that Ryan and I have talked about a lot, and we're very excited to bring in NWSL and NWSL team back to this marketplace. So it just sort of feels like there's intention there. Like, yeah, there's intention for the Utah Royals to eventually make a return to the league. Yes, I, I I love this. I mean, when the sale was made on the MLS side, the fact that uh, the first question or one of the first questions was, OK, what about the women's side? What about the NWSL? What are you going to do here? And uh, David Blitzer, who who owns other teams, he's actually part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Um, so he understands the ownership world, uh, we hope, and for the women's side. And then Ryan Smith, he is the other owner of the Real Salt Lake. Um, he's a Utah Jazz owner. So they are other owners and, and they have the money and they have the understanding of what it takes to run a group and be an owner of a group. And the fact that they are saying, yes, we want to be involved in the NWSL and we want to bring a team back here is very, very promising. I mean, I'm going to be frank right now. If you were an owner 
in the United States and you even paid attention to sports, you knew what was happening throughout NWSL ownership throughout 2021 season. And that's pretty daunting to kind of jump into that and kind of muddy the waters and see if you can swim to shore through that sense. And the fact that David Blitzer was like, it's not a question of when, it's just or it's not a question of if, it's a question of when it's going to happen. And they have the possibility to do that for the 2023 season. Um, but based on the interview and kind of the way Blitzer was chatting about this, it's more likely going to to be in 2024 when they have a little bit of time to establish themselves and understand, which um, is, is huge because that's another expansion club that could be happening. There's also rumors happening about potentially in the San Jose, the Bay area. I know Austin really is looking to get an NWSL club, at least the fans there. They now have the MLS club in Austin that made huge splashes last year in the MLS season. Um, So the growth of the NWSL, this is how it starts. And, And this is where it happens when owners like, David Blitzer say, yes, we want this. We have the rights and it's going to do great things for our city uh, and even for the club overall in, in Utah. It's fantastic. We need more clubs, Sandra. To grow the NWSL, you need this. And that means more craziness, expansion clubs and expansion drafts. Yeah. I'm so and I, don't, and I don't think it's like, um, I don't think it's a bad idea to, you know, have uh, the whole, the concept of like, we're going to, try to take our time with it like acknowledging it in the sense yes this is a part of the plans but it's it might not happen in 2023 where we want to have the time to make sure that we get it right which I think is something that's also of equal importance I think we've seen how a team can look when they have the time to do and put things together. We're looking at maybe a team like, like angel city versus, you know, a club like Kansas city current who are in the process of doing really great things, but they had to work on a very, very quick turnaround. Their whole inaugural season saw them in last place for right for for all of all of the 2021 season they had to operate under a temporary crest and that was something that they were willing to do which thankfully for them because they kind of came in right in the midnight hour to sort of ensure that there was going to be a place for this team to be relocated to and now in 2022 it sort of feels like even as even though it's their second year in the league it sort of feels like they're still kind of this new expansion side themselves with the the rebrand and the new name and the new crest and, and logo and imaging and everything else so uh, I'm I'm here for that. I like to sort of hear that. Yes, that, that this is a part of the plan, right? For for real Salt Salt Lake and in, in, in Utah, uh, but I also really like that they want to take their time with that. I think that's of uh, of equal importance, and I think it's important to note that the messaging is all kind of the same and the similar, no matter sort of who you're talking to, whether it is uh, David Blitzer or or Ryan Smith or uh, or even Trey Fitzgerald, who's the director of communications for for real Salt Lake, kind of echoing that as well and sort of saying like hey we want to take uh, our time with this so uh, exciting and uh, again just another thing that we're gonna have to keep our eye on as you know maybe 2023 2024 uh comes comes closer for nwsl but let's keep it in i'm ready for 2022 because we have 12 teams in the nwsl and the fact that in 2024 this is me being very ambitious we could have 14 I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> the league actually finds itself with, with 14 teams. Uh, I I want to, I want a healthy league. That's what I want. Yeah. I want a healthy, sustainable league, not an overflowing 
how do we get all these drips of of seltzer back into the can type of type yeah. of week? And keep the so, competition high. I mean, yeah. that's a huge part of it. Keeping the competition and keeping the NWSL one of the best, most competitive leagues in the world. We'll see. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it uh, for sure. I know the the fan base out there is was invested uh, around yeah. that team. They had a lot of great numbers, a lot of great support, and um, it's a it's a good market for for women's soccer to sort of tap into talent out in the West Coast. Uh, so I'm sure that uh, that community would love to see the return. I, I saw some soccer some threads on Reddit that were like, as soon as they announce it, I'm repurchasing my season tickets. Like I still have my old jerseys. I'm still ready to go. The people want it. And that's like huge, right? You have to build the team and and the people are going to come. But if the people are already there, that says a lot about the franchise and and the location. Two things. Love the energy. I I, I love that people's reactions are, 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 are this, this high about it. And also bless you for even <laughs> going on Reddit. What is wrong with you? Stay away from that. <laughs> let's keep it. Let's keep it on NWSL. We have a little bit of uh, player signing news to talk about. Maria Sanchez is announced with Houston Dash. Has re-signed with the Dash uh, on Thursday, January sixth. The deal is for a two-year deal. She is a Mexican international who has already played in, M- in NWSL. Was previously drafted by Chicago Red Stars in 2019. Her rights were traded to Houston Dash in 2021, where she spent a little bit of time with the club uh, on a small summer loan. Uh, from Tigres Feminil, uh, and in the 2022 expansion draft, Houston showed their hand a little bit and said, hey, this is a player whose rights we want to protect in our nine-player protection slots. So now that led to a lot of, you know, the rumor mill running and running and running because this player was still uh, spending time in Liga MX Feminil with Tigres Feminil, a very, very successful club, one of the top, if not the most successful club in Liga MX Feminil. Uh, and now they made it official. They made the announcement official. The player has returned to to NWSL and will be spending the next two years with Houston Dash. Uh, and, and it's exciting. I, I love to see it. This was a player um, who I got the opportunity to cover at the local level with her time in Chicago. Uh, was a tough year to be part of that uh, 2019 squad, I think, as a rookie. Uh, and you're talking about an era which still included a Sam Kerr, you know, a Yuki Nagasato who was putting up eight goals in eight assists uh very very massive and uh epic club in terms of the talent across the board but still was able to to feature and and make nine appearances for the uh, squad during that 2019 season and then in this very short summertime loan with the dash scored a goal in just three appearances with the houston dash side so there was enough there for houston dash to sort of say hey this is a player that we want to continue to grow with and develop with, with our roster moving forward. And if you haven't seen the player announcement on socials, uh, go ahead and take a look at it. It's a lovely video. Uh, let's eat Houston dash. I love it. Let's go. Yeah, this is really big for Houston. And um, when you look at a player like Mira Sanchez, you just touched on her time in Chicago and, and how she didn't make the biggest impact there. And even with, uh, Houston this summer, she she made an impact. You mentioned she scored a goal, and they're very happy to have her back. But I think having full time with a team, being able to go in preseason, and especially a team like Houston Dash that um, 
lost Christy Buis, right? Like they they have some attacking weapons up top and some holes in their creativity in the front line that needs to be filled. And Sanchez is a player that can do that. She's really speedy. She's really quick. She hasn't always had the minutes and the time to showcase her top skill in the NWSL. But if you watch her in other leagues, she is a very dangerous threat. She's really quick. She can get down the flank. She can send crosses in. She's uh, versatile in what she can do in the attack. Um, and when you play her alongside what Rachel Daly at Houston Dash, like good things are bound to come out of that. And if Sanchez has preseason to understand oh, the way a team plays and, and everything like that, and she's already been with Houston, so she has that taste. Um, this is good things. Uh, these are great things. And I love that. I love the way that Houston, um, they they played this out for us. Like they played this out for the fans and the media. It was like, okay, we're going to protect someone in the expansion draft, but you don't really know who it is. We'll, we'll tell you later at this point, which is so fun. I mean, the games, the lack of transparency, we'll get to that. But the games is funny. At least they can have fun with it. Um, and, and they make the announcement uh, this week, Thursday. So Hey, something's happening um, there, but I like this pick and I'm excited to watch her again and watch her with Houston, see what she can do there. Yeah, no, same. Uh, again, it was only a three week uh, mm-hmm. span of time that she had spent in 2021 with the club, but um, even just sort of hearing um, the response to this player making her arrival to the team then from other teammates, you know, from head coach James Clarkson, it was it was evident that they were that they it was a mutual interest there that both the t- the club and the player uh, enjoyed the time that was spent, you know, uh, together. Yeah. Even though it was just over the span of of three weeks, Rachel Daly saying like I, I hate that I am only going to be able to play with her a couple times, you know, in in, in a year like this. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with the dash and, and Sanchez uh, as part of this roster uh, moving forward. Or maybe let's move into some uh, like personal interest stories, right? That are NWSL related. We have some congratulations in order. Of course, we want to send congratulations from attacking third to Casey Kruger. Chicago Red Stars defender announced her pregnancy at the end of December. Uh, she and her husband are expecting their first uh, human baby. They already have a fur baby, right? They have a dog uh, and are expecting uh, baby Kruger to arrive in July, 2022. Uh, People are already sort of trying to do the math and 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 connecting the dots and 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 all of that type of stuff and sort of remembering that this player uh, sort of missed the, the final few few matches and the championship match down the run. Obviously, the the United States Women's Friendlies in Australia and then now the announcement right of uh, of the the pregnancy. So congratulations to Casey Kruger uh, and and her family. Also, we actually have a, another announcement. It's it's it's, it's baby baby off season. Right? <laughs> That's what it is. It's baby off season. Uh, Kansas City current goalkeeper Adriana French and her wife Emily Boscott. French. Uh, they welcome their baby girl. So baby girl Kamari Boscacci French has arrived. A lovely photo of the family on Adriana French uh, and her uh, Instagram page, I believe. If people are uh, into the personal human interest stories, we we, we are as well. So congratulations uh, to these two NWSL icons, right? And uh, the growth of, of, their, of their families. Yeah, so huge congrats to, to Casey and to AD French. I mean, this is huge. We love to see this. We also know Crystal Dunn expecting a baby with her husband. Um, 
I love this. I mean, huge congrats. We like to do these personal stories and news updates because we are happy for these players, right? I mean, we cover them so closely and, and you know, Casey, very closely from Chicago. Um, so it's exciting to see these players um, grow their families in ways that they want to and uh, take some time off to be with themselves and be with their families and for AD French to be with her new little baby girl uh, as the season's done and she doesn't have much else to do right now. So it's fantastic and huge congrats to these ladies. For sure. Uh, some news across the pond. Liverpool FC women announced the signing of forward Katie Stengel, also a two and a half year deal. Someone who uh, last played in NWSL with Houston Dash was waived in May of 2021. So we'll be continuing her playing career overseas with Liverpool. And I think to maybe close out this little section of news, we wanted to bring in like a wild rumor, right? That we just saw floating around there. Just emphasis on wild rumor. Who knows? We'll see if it'll <laughs> take place or not. But apparently, Tigres Feminil is is in talks to sign forward. Mia Fischel was recently drafted fifth overall from Orlando Pride. Uh, hey, listen, I would love to see it. I wouldn't hate it at all. Uh, the the more outrageous the rumor, the more I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's yeah. uh, let's go for it. Let's go for it. I don't know if we'll we'll actually see this happen. Um, out of UCLA is is Fischel, and she was drafted to Orlando with Amanda Cromwell, the new head coach of Orlando Pride, who formerly coached Fischel at UCLA. So there's a lot of connections there. I'd be surprised if Cromwell. Uh, would let this happen, kind of let Fischl go, especially when Orlando Pride, they need people to score goals. They need forwards. This is, we've touched on it before, a big building year for Orlando Pride. Um, but as you you said it best, Sandra, the bigger and the crazier the rumor, the more into it we are. So we just had to touch on it. Today. Why not? It, it's fun. Let's talk about it. More, more, more of this, please, in this in this <laughs> space. FA Women's Super League. You know, I think maybe this sort of uh, piggybacks a little bit about what we were talking about in the top of this episode with uh, the state of the world and the pandemic uh, going on. Uh, we already teased a little bit in our previous episode how excited we are to be broadcast partners. Uh, with the FA Women's Super League. Uh, they're in the middle of their season right now, match day 11 of 22, about the halfway point. There were supposed to be six matches coming up this weekend for all 12 teams, but due to everything going on, all the positive cases and the rise and spike in all of the testing, there are now three matches on the schedule. Uh, Sunday's West Ham and Manchester United match was postponed due to both a combination of injuries and COVID-19 cases. Um yeah, it's just a tough time right now, Lisa, I think, for, for the sports world in, in general. We're seeing an impact uh, uh, Women's Super League now. Yeah, it, it's sad. I mean, we were so pumped just a few days ago. We were like, yes, the Super League's back. We get to watch all these great teams. And just like that, uh, the matches are cut in half and only six teams are competing now. And and it's I hate that I'm still surprised because it's happening in every sports league across the world right now. I mean, I'm a big NCAA basketball fan and it's happening left and right here uh, in the United States. So it's, it's sad and it's crazy, but um, we're going to get through it. And it's, it's just something that we had to touch, touch on because we were hyping it so much just in our last episode and, and they're postponed. So they will be played though, because they need these matches to be played. So it'll happen eventually. 
Yeah, for sure. We'll keep an eye on it. Hopefully we uh, get some more updates about it and eventually the games get played. Maybe we'll have some results to, to touch on for, for everyone. But uh, more European women's soccer news. Uh, women's Champions League is uh, going to be making the return with the quarterfinals uh, coming up in March. Uh, but probably the biggest storyline heading into the next phase and round of Women's Champions League was the fact that Chelsea got knocked out of the champions league uh not dun, even dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah it was that was the the soundtrack of people's reactions right on twitter as the match was happening in real time uh the match against wolfsburg happening in in december defeating chelsea 4-0 on december 16th officially knocking the blues out of the competition uh chelsea were runners up uh from the previous mm-hmm. champions league uh title that uh, match that just took place not too long ago uh runners up against uh, Barcelona uh, again talking about maybe history a little bit of, of repeat I mean we're talking about these 4-0 score lines yeah. in massive sort of do or die games for 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 Chelsea and and they're not even going to get a chance to try to knock somebody else out in just the quarterfinal stage to make it back uh to that to that very big big stage of the title match but uh, uh Bayern versus Paris Saint-Germain Real Madrid versus Barcelona Arsenal versus Wolfsburg and Juventus versus Lyon is going to be happening very very soon for the quarterfinal run in March uh I'm excited for all eight of these teams. I I think it's a real, real, real open race right now. I think everyone's looking at Barcelona and saying like, it's going to be theirs for, for back to back. Mm -hmm. But I think if we've learned anything from Wolfsburg and Chelsea, I think there's a real chance to to maybe get a a different uh, champion in this one. And there is, and these uh, champions league games are so spread out, um, which is great for like entertainment wise. But sometimes when uh, the matches come back, match day comes back, I'm almost like, wait, what happened last time? And I love when they did little recaps and, and we know everything that happened. I will not forget that Chelsea got knocked out because it's, it's huge. And it really changes how uh, these quarterfinals are going to look come in March. I mean, that was really the biggest news in December and, and you're right. Twitter was just, blowing up about it i mean four nil that's crazy that's crazy to me uh we don't see that very often but hey the 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 world of of women's football is changing and evolving and it's anyone's game right now and really that's what it proves so watch these games when they come back uh march 22nd quarterfinal start for the champions league can't wait to, to take a look at him. Can't wait to continue to keep an eye on everything nwsl related women's super league related international soccer related. I love when we get an opportunity to sit down and take a look and do a news and notes episode. And it's not just fixated maybe on one specific league or one specific type of soccer. So thank you everybody as always for joining us and listening along and getting filled in hopefully on some things that have been taking place around the world and within uh, NWSL and U S women's national team. Thank you all for listening. Another reminder to follow us on Twitter at attacking third. We're on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast shows you can leave us a five-star review on spotify now so please just take a quick second and do that and if you have any questions for us you can leave a five-star review with a question on apple podcasts and lisa and i will answer as part of our mailbag segment we're also available as video subscribe to us on youtube visit youtube.com slash attacking third and we'll be back on monday with more coverage world cup qualifiers are happening everybody for sandra and lisa roman this was attacking third